On this week's episode of the F Stops Here podcast, we're joined by Googler, runner, photographer, and game theory ninja Lisa Donchek. Lisa helps us talk about giant night vision camera sensors, mobile photo editing, whether or not you should shoot photos for free, and a whole lot more. Thanks for joining us, and happy shooting. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the F Stops here. I'm joined by Josh, Zach, and our special guest today, uh, Lisa. So, everybody, um, if you listened into last week, you'll understand that Josh, Zach, and I are fairly, uh, the best way to put this, uh, we run this thing. And then so we brought, <laughs> we brought Lisa in today uh, as one of our special guests. She's a recent photographer. Uh, recently uh, started photography about a year or so ago. Is that correct, Lisa? Yeah, actually, my birthday is March 18th, and I got my first SLR on March 18th, 2012. So we're coming right up to a year here. Yeah. Nice. So tell us a little bit more about how you got started in photography and why you shoot Canon, all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So photography is something that I've been interested in for a while, Um, but the conflict that I encountered was if I was kind of in shooting mode in my life where I was carrying around a camera, I couldn't not carry around a camera because I felt like I was missing all these amazing photo opportunities. So I took a couple of years and focused on some other stuff and then last year seemed like a good time to kind of get back into it. Um, So I got my very first DSLR and it was a Nikon 7000, uh, D7000. Um, that was mainly because my dad had a 5100 at the time, and you know, obviously, lens sharing is a huge component in uh, in what camera you choose. So he had some lenses, I had some lenses, we could lens swap. Um, however, I found that most of my good friends who I actually lived near were Canon shooters, so they had better lenses than my dad and lived closer than 500 miles away. Then uh, so switch over to Canon. Um, and not got Sweet. Cool. So is there a specific subject you like to photograph? Um, I know that we sometimes people kind of gravitate towards certain things. Yeah, absolutely. So I really like landscapes, and specifically I really like sunsets. And um, I went out shooting with a friend of mine at Mono Lake last year, and he shared with me a 14-millimeter lens. And I had never played with a 14-millimeter lens before. And for those who may not be familiar, it is a very, very wide-angle lens, and it makes everything look bigger and more epic and more awesome and I literally did not take that lens off my camera for about three weeks after I put it on and he was a little annoyed because he also wanted to use the 14 mil lens but unfortunately I was very busy with it Um, so since then I've just been very interested in landscape photography Um, sunsets, clouds, water, all of that sort of stuff I think is really magical to take pictures of. Virtual fist bump. Yeah I think that's pretty evident in, in most of your work it seems like it's a lot of wide sweeping landscapes with a, a lot of really brilliant color so it's, it's really kind of neat to see. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely sometimes get dinged for um, applying what I call the epic filter which is basically some contrast, some saturation, some clarity and then a little bit of darkness around the edge and suddenly everything looks amazing and like it's out of a video game but I'm trying to scale back a little bit and try some different pro- processing techniques um, but epic filter is always a, an exciting default. <laughs> You're towing the line between good looking pictures and HDR. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach, I think that you told me once that uh, 
at least in my photos, you can always tell because I like to saturate stuff, and then I can tell your photos because there's usually always a nice uh, vignette around the edges of it. Well, that, that so. a lot of that's from shooting full frame too, but yeah. Um, okay. And, and that's kind of, you can tell in Lisa's pictures, just, just from the way the colors really pop. Uh, she's got really, you've got really, really deep contrast, and it, it really adds to the dramatic effect of the photo. Um, yeah, thank you. Sometimes I think I overdo it a little bit. Um, I think there's definitely a balance, and as a new photographer, I'm trying to figure out what that is. Um, but there's definitely something magical about the scenes that I like to take pictures of, and photography for me is very interpretive, so I like to be able to put on the screen what I see in my head, and sometimes that's not always what it actually looks like. Um, but in my head, like, yes, that sunset was purple and orange and all these beautiful colors and way more epic than it was in reality, and I like to be able to communicate that feeling. H. Sorry. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I I, especially uh, if you can see here, I'm pulling up your, your pictures right now from your website. Um, just the, the, the sky is really um, absolutely breathtaking, and, and the way it kind of pops off the yellows from the buildings, uh, it really, really yeah. looks nice. So um, That one I took in Sydney, and it's Darling Harbor. Um, I got really lucky with the clouds that night as I was walking home from work. Um, and I actually made it home a little bit late, and it started raining right before I got home. So this was right before a storm, and storms in Australia are pretty epic, so I got very lucky here. Um, but it was fun. That one actually, um, the Google Sydney office voted to get a, it's like an 8 by 10 foot print of it um, oh, put in there. Wow. Because they liked it so much. And that was <laughs> what did, the what first did... time I ever got kind of external validation of my photography, and felt pretty good. <laughs> and what did you take that with? Um, that was with the 5D Mark III Canon. Um, oh, of course. Which I have switched to. That's a fantastic so, body. Uh, Things you can only say on a photography podcast. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> glad this isn't actually work-related because we would have had, I don't know, four or five um, incidents already. Hey, <laughs> nothing, nothing caps me saying I like shooting airplanes last right. week. That's right. oh, no. oh, that's true. That is true. Or babies like Zach also said. Yeah. <laughs> So I, guess then, I, th um, I think photographers are the only people who get away with using FBI code words on Twitter and not getting, you know, hacked. Well, I mean, I think it depends because, I mean, I, have any of you guys played lacrosse or are familiar with the sport? Because yes. you can also talk about lacrosse in a very, very dirty way without <laughs> intentionally doing it. We're yeah. A we're a family-friendly podcast. Yes, yes. Um, so that's why <laughs> we're just going to have people Google that later. All right. So we'll, we'll come back to uh, asking Lisa more questions here, but... Um, why don't we roll into what we're shooting this week? So, Joe, what are you shooting this week? I am actually shooting a birthday party on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Little so, kid's birthday yeah. party or adult birthday party? No, a 30-year-old birthday party. So it's going to be pretty interesting. That's a good so it's year. a little kid's birthday party. <laughs> uh, yeah, 30-30s birthday party. And it's going to be fun because Jules will actually be there in a party aspect, and I'm going to be there as the help. So, so Jules, Jules should... is coming out of the cake. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Romina would not be happy if a girl came out of her cake, just saying. I just don't think she'd be too cool with it. But, but yeah, so it was just something where um, she was, uh, she's a friend that we met since we moved out here. And she saw my work and she's like, how much do you charge? I'd like to take some pictures for my birthday. I'm like, okay. And you said free and for portfolio building purposes, right? <laughs> Oh man! So we're gonna bring it, bring that up. No, no, already. no. We'll talk about no that contract later and yeah, five hundred images on a CD. Yes, no. I um I am charging her. I just I did give her a discount. 
professional courtesy kind of thing, uh, which I feel is sometimes underrated in the photography right, world because right. it's not all you know. It's like you can't get paid for every image, but if you get paid for some, that's usually a victory. And then sometimes you pull a Lisa and get it on an office wall, but you know whatever. <laughs> See, yeah, I that's... paid for it though, so you, it, it's a mixed victory. I'd say mm. that's a win-win for all parties involved. You should have had to pay them to get that photo up there just because of the location. I mean, I have a friend who's a professional drummer, and if he said, hey, come out here and shoot, and I'm not paying you, I would still do it because he's got, like, people from The Voice that watch his stuff all the time. He was a music director for one of the guys from The Voice. So, like, you know, all all he has to do is put a picture up on Facebook. So, you know, there's, there's sometimes where, you know, I'm willing to move the line a little bit, you know. Well, so Zach, this is a pretty good segue into um, my uh, my thing that I was talking to you guys on Twitter about this week. So last last week, my buddy of mine um, who does uh, bar flare stuff. So you know, like when you go to like a bar in Vegas and something like they start flipping bottles around and stuff like that. Though they wanted to actually do that for a client that's in San Francisco, and this is just um, I'm not going to actually name any names here. But they have an office in San Francisco, and uh, they have a bar and a kitchen in that office. So he was going to perform with a couple of people that he also found on the uh, internet to, you know, do a flare show. And he asked me, he's like, "Hey, you know, I know that we've talked about this before. Would you like to come out and check it out? Um, it'd be great if you could shoot some few pictures of it." And he's like, "So what's your fee?" I'm like, "All right, well, it's kind of a professional courtesy thing. You're a buddy of mine, so I'll, you know, just give me money for, you know, transit." Just give, give me money. Yeah, just give me money. Um, <laughs> and, 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 start with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, okay. and he did. And so we, I went there, and I, you know, I, I shot. I just picture Joe with this sack. Of, he just gets paid with a sack of money, and it's got a big dollar <laughs> sign on the front. Yeah, sorry, it's uh, it's in the other room. Um, so yeah, so I, I went there. I get um, I talked to the people that uh, were organizing it on both sides, him and the other person. I was like, hey, you know, there'll probably be a couple photos that I'm, you know, people there uh, after he's done performing, and I'll, you know, I'd be happy to share them, knowing it's you know it's only a couple, no big deal, and the stuff I'm going to be shared probably won't end up being used commercially. And so I get an email on Monday saying, hey, you know, had the photos turn out, we'd like copies of all of them. And at this point in time, I'm like, hmm, oh, sorry, Zach. I just saw your message. Um, anyway, so, yes, I apologize. But uh, anyway, so it was just something where I found it was interesting because I've never had a venue actually request for photos. And since there wasn't any contract signed, it was just kind of this gray area of what do I do? Do I, you know, I don't want to sabotage him, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway. So it's actually well, kind of it's actually kind of interesting because after you and I had the the conversation and and just for anybody that's listening, um, basically what I told Joe was that uh, I believed that if the venue wanted the photos, they should compensate him for him for them because it's still his work and he still did work, uh, but that ultimately it was his client's responsibility to have negotiated that in the first place. Uh, and it's funny that we had this conversation because. <clears throat> excuse me, um, like maybe two days later, I was writing up a contract for a wedding that I'm doing in October. And um, one of the things that I made sure to add in this contract was a clause that stated that um, any venue, any special permissions, 
parking passes, bridge fare, you name it, uh, was the sole responsibility of the client uh, because you're just there as the kind of eye in the sky type thing. And, uh, and it should be the client's responsibility to make sure that, one, you have permission to shoot at the venue, two, what permission you have, and uh, three, what's going to be required of you after, um, after the photos have been taken. So... But on the other hand, I, I can kind of see where you're going. You don't want to cause any ill will uh, between the client and the establishment. Uh, and it could potentially... I get the whole, but it's your photos being shown potentially on this hotel's website or whatever. And as long as there's credit being given, I guess that's okay. But credit doesn't pay the water bill. So that's just kind of where I I feel about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure the whole you know just get the just get the exposure kind of thing always works because I'm I go to a lot of hotel websites and all that and you look at it and you'll see like you know this is a wedding and then blah 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 and there's a giant watermark with whoever did it or they throw a shout out to the to the photographer and I don't know it just it seems like that's not necessarily going to make me go and actually book that photographer because I probably if I'm already looking for a wedding. I've probably already got a photographer in mind, you know, looking for a venue, or I probably already have an idea. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, money, money is a good thing as well. And <laughs> giant bags. I mean, of it's it. never a bad thing, <laughs> but you know, at, at least have some kind of upfront compensation instead of, you know, instead of, you know, hope down the road. But just, just my thought. I think there's definitely a trade-off because. There are going to be some gigs that people get where you would pay to get that exposure, right? Right. Like one of my friends is now spending a couple of weeks um, touring around Australia, um, and the Australian Tourism Board is like paying him to go to all of these incredible places and take pictures for like Australia, New Zealand, just all of these incredible places. And I've seen the itinerary; it's a 27-page PDF. Um, and I don't know if there's compensation involved in that um, past, like paying for his hotels, paying for his meals, paying for his flights, whatever. But honestly, even if it were that and nothing else, like I would probably do that. You know, like there's some things where I would do it, even if I wasn't actually getting any money out of it. So there's probably like a borderline somewhere for every photographer where there's some things they would do, you know, sans compensation, and some things they would be like, okay, well, that probably I would like to get something for. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody in here would argue that if anybody wanted to pay us to go to Australia for a couple of days <laughs> and take some commission photos, I wouldn't charge them a dime. <laughs> so anybody listening now? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but no, and I think the thing where it's – so what I did is I ended up going back to the client. I told them what was going on, and I was like, hey, just tell them that you know if they want stuff, it's going to cost them. Because my big issue is that odds are it could be used commercially – and then once that gets away, it's it's gone. Like there's nothing I can do then. So it, it's more along the lines of not that I'm in a, necessarily in a sharing move. It's just that if this was just another friend asking for it, it'd be a much different story. But it's a company, and who knows where those photos will actually end up. And what's the lesson so, we learned anyway, from this? Contracts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned the hard way with that. So anyway, so apparently I managed to skip across everybody else's shooting for the week, so I apologize now, and we'll just go back to the next person. Hey, it's only episode two. We'll get the, t we'll get the, uh, the outline worked out eventually, maybe by yeah. episode 52. 
<laughs> just gonna, I'm just gonna clutch my gun for the moment because you keep know, it, no one told keep me. Keep in to... mind that our audio listeners can't see. See Joe holding doing. a giant Nerf gun with his really, really <laughs> big headphones and his Google headband and his giant like Nerf T-shirt. Looks like yep. he pulled it from his 15-year-old's dresser. So Lisa, what are oh, you yeah. shooting? Are you are you uh, shooting anything this week in particular? Um, yeah, I'm actually really excited. So as you may know, um, the Bay Bridge has recently been up, been lit up with um, thousands of LEDs, and the launch for that is this evening. Um, so I'm actually hosting a party here on the Google San Francisco campus, um, where we will watch and look. It's for Googlers only. Uh, Joe, don't give me that look. <laughs> um, but I'm really looking forward to it. So that's what I'm up to this week. Um, and then I'm headed to Austin tomorrow for South by Southwest. Wow. Um, so that will be hopefully a photography-filled week as well. Can, can you be our inside reporter to South by Southwest? <laughs> we'll have I, you will, back. I will live... Google Plus, I don't know, what is it called when you blog stuff? <laughs> Live. Blog. Can we get you in the middle of the street with people just like cheering around you and they have no clue what's going on, but you're talking to them? This is Lisa out if, on the if street I had with that a much thousand of a drunk base, people. I would be definitely <laughs> I'll show up to one of the big photo walks and be like, everybody cheer and I'll take a picture. It's okay, you, you don't know who I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to South by Southwest. I went last year and it was really fun. Um, so hopefully it's some good photo opportunities this time around as well. Yeah, that's pretty um, awesome. Um, I actually, it's it's funny because out here on the East Coast, where every other newscaster and TV channel is getting ready to tell us about how much snow we're going to get, uh, they actually <laughs> mentioned lighting up the the bridge uh, as um, one of the stories on this morning's news. And I guess they can control it, and there's like displays and stuff that they can put mm -hmm. uh, up on the up on the bridge. So I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, well, let me see. Um... Let me see if I can actually really quickly find an image of it. Um, Thomas Hawk, who you guys may know, has taken some really incredible photos of it. And let me see if I can just... Yeah, because they've been testing it all, like, this past month or so, right? Right, exactly. So I'm going to go ahead and screen share it quickly. By the way, he's a favorite photographer of mine. Yeah, so what, here's, what um, here's Thomas Hawk's photo of Bay Light. Um, from one of my favorite spots along the Embarcadero. But you can see all those vertical um, white stanchions. Those are the LEDs. And the coolest part about it is those actually move. Um, so obviously you can't see it in a still picture, but the lights kind of go up and down and across and back and forth and make very pretty patterns. So That's it'll be, cool. I guess, live for the next two years, which is pretty incredible. So I would definitely recommend coming over to San Francisco to check it out. Isn't the, life, isn't the lifespan on an LED like 40 years? So they'll just get yeah, yeah I think they're going to get art installation. at some point, though. So I think that's kind of the issue. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it's an art installation, and they had to like yeah, raise yeah. like a million dollars to put it up or something like that, like something crazy. The, the beauty of LED lights is they're so close together that if one goes out, as long as they're doing like some kind of RGB configuration, if one goes out, you really won't notice it. Like you'll still see everything. In them. It's not like uh, a light here, bulb. Let me go ahead. I found a video of it. Um, let me show you really quickly. Because it's it's worth seeing the video. Thinking about it. This is our first video on air. Yeah. So people listening at home, baylights.org. Yeah. I might jump ahead a little bit. This Q is... Vimeo. Q Baylights title. Yeah. Q fade in. Cool. So I don't think there's music. Can you guys see how it's like doing its thing there? Yeah. Look at that. That is pretty rad. Yeah. So it's a little bit dark, but you you kind of get the idea. 
of what it's supposed to be doing. Um, I would literally get a bag of popcorn and just sit there and watch that for like a couple of hours. Yeah. Well, I um, I was having coffee with a friend a little bit ago, and we saw them testing it from somewhere in the middle of San Francisco, and it was really just mesmerizing. It's a it's a beautiful art sculpture. That's very awesome. So, um, Josh. Oh, so I'm sorry, Lisa. Are you shooting anything else this week? <laughs> yeah, that and South by Southwest, and that's it. Yeah, you know, nothing big. Just uh, two <laughs> giant events. They use just a day in the life. You wait a while. You wait till we get to me, then you're gonna be impressed. Josh, what are you so, shooting uh, this week? This weekend, I may not be picking up a camera, but um, as you guys know from last week, I've got a really good friend who's the general manager of the local big photo store here, the like the biggest photo store around town. And um, they're having a giant uh, used gear, bring in your used gear and, you know, sell it to us kind of event kind of thing. So I'm basically volunteering there, and then whatever gear they don't want, I get to walk away with. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I might be able to hit you up with some really cheap uh, stuff for your AE1, Joe. I don't know yet. I, I have no clue what I'm going to walk into, but last time they had a box full of, like, old crap, like old Pentaxes and who knows what, like a whole bunch of old stuff, so... I don't know what I'm going to get. It may be like a lens, but, you know, there's there's tons of stuff that the people buying it don't need, and so I might be able to pick it up. And then uh, the other thing, too, I know this whole sequester thing has uh, kind of ruined the uh, U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds uh, air show season. So my little uh, prior town I used to live in, Titus, was about 30 miles north of where I'm at. Um, managed to book the last Thunderbird show before they closed off because of the sequester. So I'm headed up the Friday, last Friday of March, to go watch one of the last Thunderbird shows of the season, maybe last one for a year or two. So um, that'll be interesting. It's probably going to end up being packed because now everybody's starting to figure out maybe the last show. So, but yeah, that that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in the long run. But that's what I got. It's no South by Southwest, but for us <laughs> aviation geeks, it's it's special. Yeah, so I didn't realize you were that close to Titusville. I've been there. Yeah. As a, I was. I was there as a kid once, and it was awesome. Really, I, I lived there for six, five and a half, six years. Oh, nice. I went to space camp. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. space camp. Did That's you win awesome. it? Yeah. Did you win it from going on Double Dare? No, no. My parents. <laughs> my parents just sent me to space camp one year, and I had no idea like how Who's... big of a deal it was till now. You... And I'm like, can I put this on my resume? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> Were you in those really long tubular buildings that are out there, like by the water? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Because they're a while empty ago. and they're covered in weeds now. Oh, nice. That would yeah, be an so, excellent, yeah. Happy uh, memories. An excellent thing to take pictures of. I know. Yeah, I, I need to get back out there. Um, last time I was out there was for a NASA tweet up, uh, September of two thousand or eleven. Um, watched the uh, the Grail satellites go up in in oh, space. Nice. Got to walk in the VAB. That that's a trip. That is a trip. My only wide angle lens, shame on me, was a eighteen my eighteen to fifty five kit lens. So, Ooh. so that was on, rough, on yeah. the Rebel. Um, no, it was on a uh, well. Yeah, it was on a. Um, ended up having a Rebel T one I with me. Yeah, so that was so, even yeah, worse. So it, was, it was a prop frame wide angle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, technically it wasn't even <laughs> wide angle. No. You, so that, yeah. Those were my adventures. All right, Zach, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, I'm just shooting product photography this weekend for a, a company out 
in uh, out out west. Very exciting stuff. What kind of product? <clears throat> so um, I've actually got uh, somebody in my family. Um, they own a organic soap company. Um, oh, nice! It's actually, oh, yeah. it's actually pretty. It's actually taken off quite a bit. I'm really surprised. It's uh, it's all natural goat's milk product, all this other stuff. It's fancy. It, I just showered with it, so I smell really good. Do you just want to tell their names so we can just make this a unofficial paid app? No, no, no. I'll, I'll I'll post <laughs> it in the show notes or something. But um, I do all of their um, all of their product photography for their website and um, their Facebook page and their blog and stuff. So uh, they've actually got they have new products that are coming out for. <laughs> The spring soap, right? Just new soap products, but there's a lot of cool stuff that they do, um, and it gives me a chance to kind of own up on my uh, my lighting because everything's done in a in a light box. Um, so I have to make sure that everything's like my white balances are correct because they put it on a website and the, the colors all have to be very similar. And if they're not, you can tell because it looks like somebody took a um, uh, like a a light pen and just sketched over top of the the blemishes. So. That's what I'm shooting this weekend. I told you it would be exciting. <laughs> nice. I feel like there should be like a Fight Club joke in here somewhere. <laughs> no, no, you don't, anybody? You, anybody? You don't talk Brett, about Brett Soap Club. Oh, sorry if I'm using if I'm using my hands a lot. It's because I spent this entire weekend at a wedding because where I we don't were, know what to do with them. Because I don't know what I, to do with my hands, and that's the Viking unicorn. The bike, yes, the Viking unicorn on Facebook. If anybody follows me on Facebook. Slightly We're, epic picture, not gonna lie. Oh yeah, that was that. Well, they had a photo booth there, so that was the nice thing about it is because they had a photo booth, there was people trying to cram in there, and we were like, you know what, this one we have to be outside the photo booth because there's no way we can all fit in there. So, question for Zach with those product with the soap, are you doing like a couple of lights, or are you trying to do like natural light with bouncing it off cards, or? So I actually um. I know I, that's such a deep. Question, well, actually, it's not. It's it's incredibly simple. Um, I as as you if you've read my my blog uh, or checked out my website um, or listened to me at all, uh, you may know that I'm a big fan of the Cowboy Studio products because they're incredibly cheap yes. and they're decent quality. Um, and so I actually have the full product set up, and it's a it's just a box. It's basically soft boxes. It's it's two soft boxes, one on each side, and the lights filtered through it. Um, so I'm using two, uh, I think they're LED, I'd have to check, um, two LED lights on either side and then just flash from the front uh, and checking my, my white balances. And then once it's all set up, it's all on a tripod and it's just keeping that remote on and, and hitting it as much as possible because the last thing you want to do with product photography, especially when you're doing things uh, where there's a lot of, like every bar of soap gets a picture and every accessory that they have gets a picture you want them all to look yeah. the same so and especially with because a lot of what um a lot of what they do with their their soap is based on color um, because yeah. everything's natural sometimes the colors are really wild so they want to make sure that they they come out correctly on the website and as we've seen and and already talked about tonight on the show it's very easy to manipulate manipulate color uh, and if you don't yeah. do it correctly then uh you you run the risk of kind of frauding your customers. <laughs> it's it's easy to change the color even just in the camera without even getting to Oh, boost. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so. Are you using a gray card for your white balance or are you white balancing off the off the background? Or? No, I do. I use a gray card. Um, I got the, it's like a three-pack on a lanyard. Throw it in the bag, yeah. real easy to do. So, 
Yeah. That was actually kind of a fun lesson to teach myself was how to use gray cards and for white balancing. So awesome. Yeah. So. All right. So is it time? It's that time for new stories. Really? <laughs> now I'm excited, but only because. All right. Time. <laughs> All right, so I didn't put the first one on there, so somebody else. Can so I, I actually put the, so our first uh, our first thing that and we can really just kind of touch on this um, was covered up by an anonymous user three. Um, Adobe released <laughs> their uh, their Photoshop Touch app for iOS and Android, uh, which I believe was actually previously out on the iPad, maybe, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but really, it just kind of lets you touch up your photos. Excuse me, from anywhere. Um, as long as you have a, a mobile device. Uh, what I really think is cool that they did a simultaneous release, uh, and it is out available for yeah. iOS and Android. Uh, a yeah, lot for of, Google. Yeah, because a lot of times with, with these things, especially because in the photography world, if you say camera phone and quality in the same sentence, you're generally going to mention the iPhone as well. Um, and I would say that probably the company here is a gross over-representation of um, Android versus iPhone. Um, so it is kind of nice to have. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it with my giant battery. Nice. Oh, um, boy. It gets me 14 <laughs> hours of battery time. Thank you. Really? Uh, so, you can have it. It's, um, it's the, the Hyperion, uh, I think it's like a 3,800 milliamp battery. It's... I want that same day delivered today, if possible. <laughs> I'm still getting ten hours off this bad boy. What is that? Yeah, I'm getting like eight off of this. <laughs> this is a six-year-old with original battery. But again, Whoa. the the cost is the giant hump on the back. <laughs> Worth like, it though. Worth yeah. it. Yep. Would you rather have a giant yeah. hump or no battery life? No rim shot. Oh yeah, hold on. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I, I really just think it's it's kind of neat because I think this is Adobe's way of of saying, hey, you know, mobile mobile photography is is really kind of here to stay, and and we're gonna usher it in with our our app. Um, now I haven't given it got haven't gotten a chance to to try it out because it's five dollars, which in Adobe world is pretty cheap. <laughs> That's like the dollar app version of an Adobe product, but um. It is kind of neat because um, it does have the the exact same capabilities as the tablet app, um, but it does seem to be better suited towards you know a smaller device. I don't know that it's really something that I would use, just because I can't see myself editing photos on a cell phone. But... I, I don't know. I think I think it's it's par for the course. I mean, I I constantly see new photographers out there that are. You know, using iPads and stuff. So I, I think it's more Adobe. <laughs> oh God! Oh, is that why people use those dopey iPads to take pictures? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're there, Lisa. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, tablet. No, no. I meant like, not to take pictures, but to edit. To edit because it's like no, no. no so you take it with the iPad the and then you edit it on the iPad. Make yeah. a compelling case for taking a picture with a There's tablet. There's no picture. compelling case for taking a picture on an iPad. There, yes, especially <laughs> when I'm sitting there trying to shoot down the aisle at a wedding and somebody shot blocks it with this giant square yep. rectangle yep. thingy. And 
you see that shutter close really slowly and open really slowly, and you're like, yeah. But yeah, no, it's the those I've 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 been to a couple events, and you just see these big squares and triangles and rectangles go up, and you're like, what? It just gets in the way. It's it's so annoying, so annoying. I don't know. I've definitely edited photos on my Android using either the in um, the like the in camera option or like the only reason I downloaded Instagram was so I could edit photos with basic filters. So I definitely see a compelling case for taking um, taking a picture on your phone and then like <laughs> editing it there as well. Yeah, this was a picture I took in DC, which is you see so many so many people in DC taking pictures with their iPads. It's, conferences, it's, conferences. It's people will take entire slideshows, picture by picture, with their oh, iPad. Yeah. So I mean, but, I think it's great that that Adobe's kind of getting into this. Uh, for them, obviously, it's great because they're gonna get people to buy it. And at five bucks, it's it's kind of on the cusp of of you know the the impulse buy. So see, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm a I'm a cheapskate. Um, I can go get Lightroom and then go get a a, a like you know get like VSC uh, VSCO cam. Or VSCO like a plugin like number one or number two, um, and then put that in there and you know for two hundred something bucks or whatever I've got you know a good editing suite or I could go get an iPad, uh, go get you know Photoshop for you know Photoshop Touch, and then get VSCO Cam for ninety nine cents and so for you know less than ten bucks I've got the same kind of editing suite maybe the light edition but. I'm so ADD. It's, it seems so much quicker and cheaper for me. One of the, this is this is talking from you know some random guy's perspective, but I yeah, will say that one of the bigger one of the bigger features that that I think kind of stands out and and maybe not so much right now, uh, but is a bigger kind of a bigger picture thing, like looking towards the future, is that it does um, it does sync up with Adobe's Creative Cloud, I think they call it. So you yeah. can pull you can pull your pictures down and edit them on the phone. And I would imagine use it as a, a portfolio display, but I can only imagine how slow that would be. But um, <laughs> but the, the fact that you can kind of sync it back and forth between the two is it's a step in the right direction. Um, because let's say you're out to lunch with a client and you want to show them their pictures, and a client says, "I really like this," but my so one of the problems that I run into a lot of times with some of the newborn photos that I do is a lot of babies, and I didn't know this because I was a child 30 years ago but have not one of my own. I guess there's a good handful of babies that are born with baby acne. Well, I, yes, learned that the, yes. I learned that the hard way because one of the, the first babies that I, I uh, took photos of, every single photo, I edited out baby acne. Um, and so it would be kind of neat to just say to a client, so here's your photos. Uh, just, you know, do a couple edits and there you go. You've got, you've got a picture of... Uh, yeah, it's all fixed up. So that's that. Yeah. Um, but I thought the big advantage of the app was that it, you could basically connect it to your computer and use it for brushes and whatnot. Or am I thinking of something? I, th that's think, something different. I think that's the case too. That's something different. Is that, is that, or am I thinking of something else? So I don't believe. I know that, that there's, there's one. Go ahead. Anyway, I thought I thought that was one of the benefits of using the iPad app is that you could actually do um, use that as almost like a, a secondary keyboard for presets and stuff like that. Obviously, really... more suited towards like Photoshop than Lightroom, but I just don't know that. 
until they get the latency between the two down to near nothing, I don't really see. Well, it's the people that can't afford like a Wacom tablet. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean that that yeah that, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, if you have an iPad. Can't yeah, I was gonna say can't, can't afford a Wacom tablet, but can't afford an iPad. Well, an iPad does a little more than a tablet. Hashtag just, first just world a, problems. A... All right, here we go. <laughs> I mean, going back to the original article, one of the problems that I definitely encounter and I see a lot of people encountering is there isn't really a great killer app for in-phone or in-iPad. Well, iPad is different, but in-phone editing right now. And so I've definitely done so many of these things that they mentioned, like emailing the low-res files to yourself via email and then editing it in Lightroom. Like, that doesn't even make sense for something that is such a low resolution that you really just want to share with a friend. Um, and so having something that would be like a fairly good tool that you could take with you on the go, I could see a compelling case for that. And $5, I think, is a fine price point, especially for you know people who spend multiple thousands of dollars times that on like a single lens, right? So for people who are kind of interested in photography, I think that there's definitely a compelling case for it. Now five dollars is that Android version? Because I thought I looked at the App Store and it was like nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's the Android. Oh, I was version. just quoting off of the okay. article that you sent, which is. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know what else is five dollars on the Apple App Store? Is iPhoto. So. That's true. I mean, it could just. Oh. I mean, cause, let me pull that up here and see uh, if I can get that on my phone. Oh. <laughs> oh this is so meta. Oh. oh right. uh, hmm. yeah, and again, I mean, that's the beauty of the Adobe product: is it's on. Both devices. Well, yeah, platform agnostic is good. I, mean, I don't. I don't know how many people have have used uh, VSCO Cam. I don't know if you follow my Instagram feed, but I'm addicted to it. It's a 99 cent app, and it actually emails really intense large files. Like you can do a max file size, which is beyond 2,400 pics, I think. And um, it sends out really good emails. Like there's some legitimate pictures. Um, I forget where the link is. I've got one of my 500 picks personal account, uh, 500picks.com slash Conti. Not a shout out. Um, but there's one on there that I put, I took of a soundboard, and it, it literally is legitimately really good up close. The grain looks really good, you know, everything. So it's, it's an interesting little app, and it actually sends really good uh, resolution emails, and it'll send the email like that. So that's, that's the app I, I personally adore, but, you know, it's each his own. I'm still just not on board with mobile photography, but that's just me. I don't know. I, li I like that it democratizes just... photography. It makes it something that's accessible to everyone. Um, I just read an article that is kind of looking at how teenagers use technology, and there's a good contingent of teenagers who use Instagram more frequently than they use Facebook. And oh, yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah, I did hear is that. a mobile-based photography site slash sharing tool, and the fact that that can be a primary social network for teenagers is like very profound in terms of how people are using, you know, using new technology and using photography to communicate. It's also frightening. It makes me not also, want to have kids. That <laughs> <laughs> really, what isn't about social networking? So. That's true. That's true. The frightening thing is how many kids would rather buy a phone than a car. I don't know if you've seen those articles, but there's a yeah. good percentage of kids that don't even want to own cars anymore, but would rather own smartphones. They they'll pay four hundred dollars for a you know an iPhone or a you know Android or something, but you know they won't they won't ever think about buying a car for the next five years. Joe, do you want to go ahead and lead us into the uh, the next topic or the next story? 
And for those listening at home, I apologize. I've discovered the soundboard on here, and it's awesome. So, <laughs> well, that's debatable. You and your toys, Joe. Um, anyway, that was the cash sound. Anyway, so the, uh, the next article is that Canon just uh, produced a brand new CMOS sensor for their 35 millimeter fill frames that is uh, high sensitivity. So apparently it's like seven and a half times the size of what's in the 1DX. And the pixels on the sensor are huge. Uh, yeah. Something in the ballpark of 19 microns square in size. Now, for those not familiar, you have sensors that are in cell phones roughly around one micron in size, sometimes even smaller. And then I would say that most cameras these days uh, are somewhere in the ballpark of like the, you know, five, ten microns, depending on what they are. So obviously the larger microns, the micron size you have, the more noise you can get depending on how they're doing it. But uh, it's definitely fascinating that, you know, Canon has to resort to this because they own all their production lines, unlike Nikon, who can just go subcontract out something to Sony if they if they need it. And maybe I just killed the entire argument by that. Well, hey. <laughs> I, I, I think you're kind of glossing over one of the bigger advantages to this, uh, and that's that this camera sees in the dark. Or this yeah. sensor, this well, sensor Nash, sees in yes. the dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, not sees in the dark, but they're literally taking pictures of pitch black and, and able to see what's happening, not pitch black, but very little light and able to, to see. Now, obviously, it's, it's grainy, but just think of the possibilities because as it is now, if you take a, a Rebel camera and you try to take anything that isn't on the surface of the sun, you're going to get some noise. And even in a, like a decently lit room, it's, it's, there's still going to be a little bit there, but... I I just think that this is finally a technology in cameras that it's not the megapixel war so much as it is the hey we're finally making advancements in what these yeah. can do not how much they can capture. That that, that was going to be my point too is the same thing as like Sorry. hey you know we're let, let's you know instead of fight over the same kind of like hey let's make a better crop frame sensor you know they're actually doing something completely new. Like, I don't know, I could see them putting this in, like, a C100 kind of body, like, some kind of cinema camera. You know, amateur astronomers putting it on a telescope or, you know, something to where, you know, people people that need to see in the dark more. Like, I mean, even for me, I would love it on some kind of body, doing natural light photography, being able to see darker things brighter, darker areas brighter, you know, being able to do nighttime shots of the night sky. All the Star Trail guys that shoot out of Star Trails, I could see them being able to take quicker shots and take more shots to really get better blur and you know there's there's endless possibilities because it's it's once again it's a new cool piece of of technology that can do so much and I'm sure it'll get exploited at some point yeah I watched the video on that and it was really incredible like that you could see it was taking videos of meteors and yeah. I've just never seen that before yeah. it's like <laughs> kind of like long exposures of that but you could actually see the meteor moving through the sky with this new sensor, and it's going it to be an Iron Man four, you know it. <laughs> they're, they're that's, what eye, it. that's what his eyes are going to be made out of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was actually looking because Canon actually just recently did release a. Uh, it's called the 60DA, and yeah, it is actually no. specifically for um, astrophotography. 
but I don't believe it's full frame. It's um, not. I, it's, it's. I could be wrong. So yeah. So maybe this is their full frame answer to the 60DA. Well, this also makes me wonder. Uh, Google making like 35 millimeter lenses and all that, this would, with IS. This almost lends credibility to that. You know, being able to have some kind of prime that shoots wide open with IS that you could shoot video with some kind of you know reconfigured you know consumer type you know, version of the being able to you know, camera it's only two grand or three grand you know there's there's credibility there I think you know that's just my opinion yeah I totally agree so oh and I, that reminds me I was supposed to show you my nice. tattoo speaking of speaking of Iron uh, Man yes. so okay <laughs> all right. Not not on the chest. No, no. Well, see, things I already have a tattoo on my chest, so it would look really weird. But no. um, Hello Kitty, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just all it's... right here, right here. <laughs> Big Hello Kitty. Big Hello Kitty. Family friendly. <laughs> family friendly. Not family free friendly, joke. but Hello Kitty first tattoo. That came to mind. Innocent yeah. joke. <laughs> no, the video wasn't family friendly because of what Joe was doing. At least from my end, it looked. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Which boy. again, don't put that in listen to us on iTunes. Don't watch the video. Watch the video. <laughs> Dude, we actually have video. We have viewers right now. Shh. <laughs> anyway, so the last. Then they're news gone after that. Oh boy, the last news story is eight deadly photography sins, and that yeah, is we're also gonna, not not me. I, th I think no. I I, I um, I'm just gonna throw this in the show notes because it really doesn't. There's not a whole lot to talk about this one. Especially um, eight. I'm a prime lens guy. I move my feet all the time. Yeah, okay. it, it, it's just another one of those lists that somebody has come up with. Plus, he also shoots Nikon. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just another list that what? somebody has somebody has come up with and and said this is what my opinion is. And and you know a lot of it, like number four and number five. If you don't read them, which I didn't. Um, they kind of they kind of contradict each other. Don't mistreat your gear, but also don't treat it like it's priceless. Yeah. And trust me, as somebody who has dropped five thousand dollars worth of equipment in the mud, well, uninsured, yeah. uh, I can assure you, I do not treat my equipment like it's priceless. <laughs> See, I, I, it's the it's the whole thing of you know you find the balance. Like you know, I'll take my I'll take my camera out in a light sprinkle, but I'm not going to run out in the pouring rain and aim aim it up at the sky and try to take like a time lapse. You know, I'm right. not going to like. You know, there, there's there's things you <laughs> there's there's Range things you do and things you don't. <laughs> National Geographic photographers will put their 7Ds and their 5Ds and stuff out on the ice in the middle, completely unprotected, and take the pictures. The camera survives. I mean, it's it's all about what you're doing and what the risks you're willing to take. It's a personal kind of. I shot a baseball game two years ago. How was it really two years ago now? In in a snowstorm. I don't know why they were still playing in the snowstorm. <laughs> um, I had my 7D uh, with mm -hmm. my 70 to 200 two. Uh, uh -huh. the, the L model together. Um, the 7D is kind of weatherproof, but not completely. And it was fine. Just don't drop them in the mud. Yeah. And also <laughs> don't, and also don't take the batteries out once the camera has gotten wet because the, oh. the minute you open that, that weather ceiling up, that's when things all go garbage. But thankfully, uh, Canon was able to fix most of it. 
Did, did you see that link with the the guy on eBay selling his what? He had a six hundred millimeter lens on that, a yeah. yeah yeah. He had dropped it in salt water and rendered it completely unusable. Unusable. I yeah. still, if I could have gotten that for you know five hundred bucks, I would have still got the lens and tried to make it work. Stories Again, like I... that just make me weep. They just make me weep. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's. Luckily, he was insured, but still, you can't get that lens back. You know? Well, and again, I mean, it kind of it's it's like my story with that with that body. I put it up on eBay, and it was non-functional to me, uh, and I still sold it for yeah a thousand bucks. So, you know, that was yeah. mind blowing that somebody would take that and use it for parts. So, one of my friends um, lives in Aspen, Colorado, and he is one of the most amazing like star photographers who I know just like incredible incredible stuff his name is Thomas O'Brien and this is how he gets his pictures he takes the last ski lift up to a really really tall mountain um, and then like sets up his tent sets up his gear sets up his tripod goes to sleep wakes up in the morning and then skis all the way down the mountain after having taken wow. like a time lapse all night um, which is crazy That's awesome. so apparently at 14,000 feet you do get cell phone reception because one night he gets up here <laughs> it's like February um, and he like sends a Facebook message like, guys, I forgot my tripod and I'm at the top of this mountain and it's dark. Like, what should I do? And we're like, go MacGyver it. So let me show you what he has put together um, based on this. This is two huh. ski poles. This is a branch right here on the left. And then he's taken a gorilla pod, a gorilla which he happened pod, to yeah. have on hand, and That's then awesome. some bungee cords. And he set this up the night before... Um, but like the the night that he got up there and then left it up all night and got up the next morning to take this picture and it worked the whole time. Wow. Um, but obviously, like a he's brilliant because I never would have been able to do this. And <laughs> b it's something that if you were really, really, really extremely careful with your gear, you probably wouldn't feel comfortable trying this. Well, yeah, you know, that's, it's 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 like Josh said, it's finding that balance. You just at some point in time you got to realize one, the stuff is probably insured, um, which mine is now. Uh, and two, even if you take great care of it, just like a car, it's going to break down eventually. So is it worth sacrificing a year of its life to get that perfect shot? Probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if, if any of, if any of you guys have ever taken a photo that you literally took your own breath away, it, it really wouldn't have mattered what it was, what, what the conditions were like I, I mean, some of some of the shots that I took while I was out in Key West, or when I was out in uh, in Naples, Florida. Uh, gr granted, it was seventy five and beautiful and gorgeous, but you could have put me in the middle of a, a meteor shower. If I would have gotten the shot that I ended up getting, I, I would have sacrificed the camera. It would have been fine. I would have cried a little, but. <laughs> but you know that 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 tripod's also what photography is about too. It's about not necessarily having the right equipment, but still making yourself good enough to do you know grab whatever's at hand, and you know totally make it work. I mean that's that's you know that's that goes into like creating art. You know, Michelangelo or I, I'm probably getting it wrong. Somebody's gonna mention this later, but uh, you know would be carving ice sculptures. You know, that lasted only hours, but he would take an intense amount of time on detail. Because he was always putting all of himself into it. So, you know, if you've got a stick and, you know, a couple of ski poles and stuff, and I would have done the same thing. I would have tried to make it work because you're already up there for the night. So, yeah, there's not, not a lot I, you can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put it on a bag or something, you know, just right. something, right? At least get some kind of shot. You know, make your, you know, make, make your time worth it. And I, I, I'm really, 
That's really awesome. I'm All right, so we have ten, nine minutes left to grill Lisa before she has <laughs> so, so, oh wait, grilling is probably not the right word. Ask some more questions. So, Zach, take it away. Yeah, so I, uh, I was just kind of curious where you saw your, your photography going from here because you said you, um, it's, it's been, oh, what, almost a year now? You said March, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, been almost... Yeah, so my primary job, I work at Google, and um, I am on a sales team, so I don't do really anything um, with photography in terms of, like, making a career out of it at this point. Um, but I do sell my stuff on uh, lisadonchak.smugmug.com. Everybody go there. <laughs> um, Not a plug. It's just a place that, like... A couple of people asked me if I sold my stuff, and it's not super expensive to have an account there. Um, so I just put my stuff up there, and then I can direct people to it. Now, what I actually find is most useful is when friends and family ask for prints. It's a really easy way to just like put up like an eight by ten or eight by twelve, and just throw it in the mail to them, like as a thank you gift or just like as a Christmas present. Um, like one of the things I want to do is I spent some time in New York with a good friend of mine, and uh, she she kind of like was very kind in that she showed me around the city and let me take a bunch of pictures even though she's not a photographer so I'd love to send her one of my prints and I'll probably do that um, but yeah so that's that's kind of the dual purpose use of my Smugbug account which is to sell things which doesn't happen very often um, and then to send stuff to friends awesome cool anybody else have any other questions for her? Um, you've used Google Glass I'm assuming I have, but I can't talk too much. I have to. <laughs> um, press at google.com is really the best I can do. Or you can follow the Google Glass, uh, Google Plus page, which I think is nice. Plus Project Glass. Um, but, but definitely a really cool device, and I've had a lot of fun playing with it. For anybody I have listening, so many that, questions. For, for anybody that, that's listening or watching and is not a, a member of uh, the Photo Walk Alliance group on Facebook, which is the group that we're all a part of, um, you. Uh, you actually posted a picture in this week's Project 52 of yourself wearing them and made everybody instantly jealous. So that's kind of where Josh's question, I think, was coming yeah. from. Uh, and we can all say uh, with deepest sincerity that we hate you. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Making friends everywhere I go. This is a great way to send off our first guest. I know, right? <laughs> I hate you. Um, so I think jealousy guests, is kind of like flattery, right? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. Something like that. It's the most sincerest form of flattery or something, right? Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, that was that was a really a really neat picture, and um, I wish I had fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> I think it's only fifteen hundred if you hashtag if I had glass. Oh. I thought it was fifteen thousand. Maybe that's why I thought it was too expensive. Fifteen grand? I don't know. Fifteen hundred. Did you see yeah. the price of the Chromebook? Yeah, fifteen hundred. Thousand. Totally, totally thousand. Yeah. My yeah. claim to fame is I got to use one of the original pre-production Chromebooks. So did I. Yeah, uh, it's right here. Oh well. It's it's that one right Whoa. there. The yeah, it's right here. <laughs> Literally right here. I bought it off that. Yeah. It is it's my, my secondary screen. But yes, no. And it's uh it's pretty cool what they managed to do with it. Yeah. Uh, especially in the photography. I was actually there was a Google Plus post about uh, a guy who is just a normal photographer on Google and I guess they approached him to have one of his photos as the background for the new like set of um, background photos for the Pixel. And he's like, Okay. So and they paid him and everything and 
like I guess if somebody owns a pixel out there that's listening to us, you're playing at the gate the photographer or speaking on his name. But uh but yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. My boss just picked up a surface, so I'm gonna get his thoughts on what he thinks of that. Before he returns nice. it. All right, Zach. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right, so um, so uh, I guess we're getting getting down to the, the wire here. So um, uh, we would like to, to thank you, Lisa, uh, for for joining us this week. Um, we'd like to thank our well, our thank listeners and our viewers. Really <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and definitely once you get a chance to uh, to kind of get out there a little bit more, I'm sure we would love to have you back. So. Love your pictures, by the way, Lisa. Yes, I can't wait thank to keep uh, keep watching them and keep watching you post. More photos in Facebook of you wearing stuff that we'll never get the chance to actually try. So. That is a very specific category of, of apparel that I'm going to have to think hard about. You do know she's going to South by Southwest, so all the hardware yeah. that we're sure. going to be reading about. Yeah. Sure. sure. Have you guys seen great, you know, the 3D printing Sergey Brin fashion? Photobomb behind you. Yes. <laughs> so um, so uh, thanks to our listeners and our viewers uh, for tuning yes. in with us this week. Um, if you guys enjoyed the show, uh, make sure you tell your friends. Uh, if you're on iTunes, go ahead and, and click subscribe um, or give us a rating if you really feel like it. Um, give us a thumbs up on YouTube if you want to. Um, or even give us a review uh, if you've got a hundred and couple words to, to talk about us. Um, again, we'd like to thank you, Lisa, for coming out and joining us uh, or sitting there and joining us. Um, and we hope um, that all of our listeners and our viewers will join us again next week. Um, I think we're actually going to be changing the time next week, um, so we may may have some some different faces on here um, then. Um, but you'll have we'll post more information about that on our, our Facebook page, and I'm sure the the three or four of us will um, also be tweeting that out. Uh, so for Joe, uh, Josh, and myself, um, we thank you for listening again. And uh, this is the F Stops Here podcast. <laughs>